you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12. I've made up my mind many years ago that I was going to serve the Lord. I was a 16-year-old boy, all, always around church, always around the moving of God, and always involved in different ministries around the church, but never fully made a decision, never fully received the Holy Ghost and the plan of salvation. But one day, I received it. I made a decision at 16 years old to serve the Lord. I'm not going to turn back now. Amen. How many's made a decision to serve the Lord? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. Wherefore? Seeing we also also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us with patience the race that is set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to preach for the next few moments here this afternoon on this thought from failure to focused. From failure to focused. Lay your Bibles down. Raise your hands to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray today, God, that you would move, Lord, upon this service. Move, Lord, upon my lips of clay that I may speak as the oracles of God. Lord, I surrender, Lord, over to you, Lord Jesus, Lord, as a mouthpiece, God, that you can speak through. Do your perfect will in this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You all can be seated in the name of the Lord. They say the only way to not get better is to avoid failure, avoid your weakness and the problems that you have to deal with. So often in our lives, we have tried something and failed. Have you ever failed at something? Have you ever started something and ended up failing at doing that? And I, I like that, that sign up there. God bless you, brother. Anyway, so often, you know... Um, In our lives, we started something and we ended up failing and we ended up falling on our face. If you look at any entrepreneurs, not manures, entrepreneurs, manures. Yeah, you know what that means. God bless you. If you know any of those people that really, you know, shovel the, the, you know why? I'm just joking. That was funny. I'm sorry I had to crack up laughing in the middle of my serious point in my sermon, right? Amen. Let's get back. Don't lose focus, Brother Mark. Don't lose focus. Come on, get back. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's get back, right? Y'all stop laughing and I'll start preaching, okay? <laughs> so often you can see people. God bless you, Brother Little D. He said, I look like Clark Kent. And surprisingly to him, he didn't know it. That used to be my nickname at work. He called me Clark because I was Superman, you know. You know, and I I just, they called me Clark. I don't know why. They said, I look like Clark. And I come in there, and I had my big old safety glasses and goggles in there. And they come in and say, hey, Clark. And I, I just blow them away. I don't know if my performance made them think I was super or what. I don't know. But anyways. But you know, 
so often if you look at someone's life and their careers and their, all of the things that they do and to try to advance into, into a, a higher position in their jobs and, and uh, to get stronger and get better, one of the things that they will tell you is that it always begins with failure. It always has times when you fall and you make mistakes. If you are afraid of failure, you will do nothing. If a child is afraid of falling, he will never walk. If, if someone is afraid to do something, I promise you they will never do that. How many loves doing things that you're afraid of? A lot of people don't like to do things that, that terrify them because they're afraid they'll make a mistake. Sometimes people don't invite people to church because they're afraid of, of causing a, a scene or making a mistake or having failure in their lives. And so often we find that failure in our lives and, uh, and all of those things things that happen in, 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 in our lives and throughout people's lives all around our world. You can see that from failure to success uh, uh, is a process and it always starts with failure. How many times have you failed before you became wealthy? How many times have you have been uh, on the verge of filing bankruptcy before you finally realize how to manage your checkbook? And then now you have more in your bank than ever before. You know, how many failures have you been through? And how many Times have you fallen on your face to get to where you need to be? And I promise you, if you look at any kind of athlete, you can see throughout their life was a failure. And, and you can see many mistakes and the times that I, I didn't do well and the times that I didn't succeed and the times that I've lost uh, jobs and I've lost out on opportunities and, and all throughout life you can see how people have lost many opportunities and, and, and they've walked through failures in order for them to reach the great success that they had they had to walk through the road called failure to walk through the road called defeat and walk through the road that was called a, a place to where you was going to fall and you was going to fail and, and you would fall but I promise you through all of that failure there has to be a purpose and a goal in order for you to go forward in order for you to keep going and I promise you every time that you make uh, get an F if you quit every time you got an F on a test you would never graduate Every time you failed something, every time you, you made a mistake, every time you, you done something, oh, if you just gave up, what would have happened if a great athlete would have given up? What would have happened if you would have just given up? What, what would happen if, if Paul would have just given up through all of his struggles and all of his trials? All of the things that you, 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 you go through in life, all of the failures and all of the things that you have, all of the pressure through your life oh, what would have happened if you had just gave up on the things that God has for you in your future you would never obtained you would never go with it but Paul said here we need to look back and, and we need to look at these witnesses we need to look at the ones who's, that, 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 that is, has uh, um, succeeded and has made it through many trials and many circumstances and through many failures and many doubts and many unbeliefs and all kinds of things that happen in our lives we're going to have to know today if we're going to be able to overcome what is coming in our lives we can't let failure stop us sometimes you start things and they fall you, you begin things and you struggle and many times people quit because of the struggle I promise you, if you ever do something for God, it's going to come with a struggle. It's going to come with failures. It's going to come with mistakes. It's going to come with doing things wrong. Just look at a parent. How many moms and dads do we have in here today? 
How many mistakes have you made raising your kids? Lots of times you look back and oh man, I, I should have done things different. I made some mistakes. But all, all through that, you still showed up and you still done the best you could do and you still was there and you still tried to be the best parent you could be throughout all of your mistakes and all of your failures. You still done what was required and what needed to be done. We can't let those failures stop us. We can't let those mistakes keep us from doing what needs to be done. We're going to have to keep our eyes and our focus upon the things that needed to be done. And uh, we think about all of the great athletes throughout the history. Arnold Palmer. Oh, don't you love drinking a good, nice, cold, cold glass of Arnold Palmer? Mm. This ain't Arnold Palmer. That's his H2O, right? How many's drank Arnold Palmer before? We've got some, right? All it is is sweet tea and lemonade. But somehow this golfer, you know, he said, you know, I'm going to mix this together and we're going to make some more money. <laughs> he made a lot of money off that. But now he, his main money and what he did was not to... Was was not uh, uh, making sweet tea and, and lemonade. No, he was a, an excellent golfer. He was able to to to, to do a wonderful thing. But he, there was a a Masters tournament in 1961 where where he was going to hit his last hole in one. I don't know the sound. I'm not a golfer, but Arnold Palmer, he's a golfer. He could play some golf, and a lot of preachers, they play golf. I'm not a golfer, and if I had to play golf to be a preacher, you know, God bless you, we'll see you in heaven. You know, hopefully. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, you ain't going to find me out there playing golf. I, maybe one day, when I, when I grow up and I get extremely bored or whatever, I don't know, I may get out there. But no, no, that's not me. So I don't really know, but... Uh, but they, they tell that he had, he had one, one last stroke. He had one last tee. He had one, th- one last hole that he had to hit in order to win that tournament. And when he went to, to that tournament, he, he hit that t- ball he, in which he had his eyes upon. And he was able to, to, to hit that last hole in one. And uh, you know what? That, he had great motivation that he was going to do it. And you just imagine over the years all of the failures he may have had, but he understood that in order for him to get to to to, to be able to win that last tournament that he had, 1961. I wasn't born then, but some of you may be may have been born in 1961. And but I promise you, you probably didn't watch Arnold Palmer play golf. Maybe not. I don't know. But anyways, so he had to hit that last, that last thing. And as he, as he was getting ready, the Bible, not the Bible says, but they, they say, history says, history says, I, that preacher in me, I got to keep it down or else I say the Bible says all kinds of stuff. It don't say, amen. So the history says that when he, he hit that last, uh, that last ball that his eyes glanced around the crowd as uh, many times they always do. And he saw an old friend that stuck out uh, uh, of the crowd. And he, he, he looked through and he saw that his old friend that uh, used to play golf and used to be a good thing. And, uh, and, and as, uh, as, as uh, Arnold Palmer, he, stu- he stuck out his chest. And he was and he was all happy, and, and his old friend congratulated him on on winning this tournament. And all though he uh, had won the tournament, and although he had done all of that, he his eyes was focused in upon his his friend, the one that that could have won the tournament, the one that could have took his place, the one that could have been a great success playing golf, uh, oh, the one that could have done something, but uh, he was. 
was standing on the on the sideline, although his friend had great potential, somewhere along the line, this man had lost focus. He lost focus on the things in which would make him to be a successful golfer. Somewhere along the line, he lost his focus. And as Palmer took his hand and and he, and looked him in the eye, and he and he, and he looked, he said, "Don't don't you ever forget." Uh, don't you ever forget that a mistake like that is something that you can just learn from. Uh, don't you ever forget that failure when you when you when you fall and you and you miss the mark and when you do things that aren't right and your ball it hits the sand traps and and your ball doesn't go and it doesn't go on the on the green it doesn't go where it needs to be. Oh, sometimes you can feel like you're going to give up. Oh, how many times did Palmer's ball end up in the water? How many times did Palmer's ball end up in the sand? In the sand? Oh, but something was inside Palmer was different than his friend. Palmer said, "I'm not going to lose focus. I'm going to do what I want. What I know that I want to do. I'm going to step and do it. Don't let that simple mistake cause you to give up. But let it be something that you can learn from and have a determination that no matter if I've fallen, I'm." going to do it again right so I haven't done it in years I haven't played in years Arnold Arnold what are you talking about bud I haven't played in years. I've gave it up. I'm I'm a failure. All the the failures that took place, all because he lost focus on what he needed to do. So oftentimes in our walk with God, in our Christian life, as we live for God, many times we we can we can we can have failures in our lives and giving up and walking away. We can trace it all the way back to the point to where we lose focus. Churches fall. Churches close. People walk away. People give up on what God wants them to do because they've let their failures cause them to lose focus. And I want to promise you today, oh, if you look back to all of history, everybody that's ever backslid, everybody that's ever gave up on their dreams, everybody that just gave up on what God wants them to do, it's because they lost focus and took their eyes off of Jesus right keep your eyes on the prize keep your eyes on the target keep looking Oh, so many different occasions in the book of Hebrews Paul, Paul as, we, as we refer as the writer of Hebrews many people would, 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 would say it was unclear who was writing the book of Hebrews but as we study we can see lots of, of, of information that let, leans towards Paul being the writer of Hebrews Am I, I'm I, you all, I don't want to get too deep in theology here, I won't start talking over your head or under your feet, but um, but sometimes you, you we can study all of that out. And as Paul was writing this, or as the writer of Hebrews was writing this, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep looking on Jesus. And if you walk all the way from where from our text in chapter number twelve, and I love walking in the walking in the scripture. Sometimes in order for you to understand what is written where you are, you have to go backwards. You ever, sometimes when I read the book or I read something, I read the back. I read from the back to the beginning. Are you dyslexic? No, you know. You are, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Sometimes you go and you you're looking and you you read here, and you got to go back. Oh. Then you go to go from chapter number twelve, and you go to chapter number chapter number eleven, and you talk about all oh, faith, the, cha- the faith chapter, and you walk all the way back, you know, and you're walking backwards. I love walking backwards sometimes, you know. I used to get on that on that elliptical, and I'd go forward for about for about thirty minutes, and then I'd start going backwards. You know, I just go backwards, and sometimes I'd be on the on the hiking trail. I go backwards, afraid I won't fall. I'm afraid I'll fall off a cliff, but you know. You know 
God bless me if I did. I wouldn't see it coming. <laughs> but anyways, so as you walk backwards, you know, you walk all the way back. Hebrews chapter chapter number 11 and, and all the way through the phase and all the way to chapter 10. You start reading about the law. Oh, you start reading about my Dick. You start reading about all the things that took place, the tabernacle and all the, the sacrifice. And you start going all the way back. You know, chapter 10, you go all the way back to chapter 4. Oh, I love that. Oh, for the word of God. God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the divided sun. Oh, even a discerner of the thoughts and the tense of the heart. Oh, then you keep going all the way back to chapter number three. Chapter number three, verse number one. It says, Wherefore, holy brother, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. If you study the word consider in the Hebrew, it means to observe fully. He he set the stage all the way from the beginning of Hebrews and I'm trying to I'm trying to hit the brakes. I don't want to get too fired up before I get ready. I may start blowing up here. I might blow a fuse, you know. It might be an early out for me if I start if I blow a fuse. But you know, but you start studying it out in the Hebrew and the Greek. You start studying that word out in the Greek. How many loves to study Greek? How many read Greek this morning? I know I did. I'm, Obviously, because I'm preaching this, right? <laughs> but now you all may be sitting there you're like, I haven't, you know, be like, what is it, what is consider, I asked Alicia that, you know, this morning, what does consider mean in the Greek? Huh? You know what? It means to observe fully. It means to look. It is the idea of fixing your eyes upon Jesus, the high priest of our profession. You got to keep your eyes. You got to consider. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, the, the profession. You're going to have to keep your eyes. Oh, when you get to Hebrews chapter number 12, 1 and 2, Paul lets us know, or the writer of Hebrews lets us know of the importance to keeping your eyes on Jesus all the way from 3 to chapter number 12 it lets us know we going to have to keep our eyes on Jesus if you're ever going to do anything for God you're going to have to keep your eyes on Jesus if you're ever going to be a give live above sin you're going to have to keep your eyes on Jesus you're going to have to keep your focus on the Lord you can't lose focus in the middle of failure right mm. he admonished them looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, if you if you look up the word "looking" in Greek, <laughs> whoa, Woo. you know what? Looking it means to consider, uh, to to carry the idea of fixing your eyes on on Jesus. To 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 consider that that and to look at that, looking unto. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The Bible says, and the writer of Hebrews spoke, that Jesus was the author. In other words, if you could talk in the, in the, in the Hebrew, or in the, in the old Kentucky language, uh, the old Kentucky Bible, you know, the OKB, you know what? You know, down there in the old Kentucky Bible, you know, get, you know, down here in the hill, you know, he's he was a pioneer. How many knows what a pioneer is? You know what? If you go down to Fort Boonesboro, you can see all the pioneers, the pioneers uh, that that would would go in. You know, a pioneer that would come in to where to where it needs to be. You know what? The, you know the word author in the in the Hebrew, it it is the leader of an of a uh, of an origin or of the founder. It is the 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 pioneer. It is the beginning. It is the it is the term uh, uh, that is used for one who cuts out the path for others to follow. You know what? If you have a pioneer that come over to the United States and they and they start. 
digging stuff out and start finding their way in. They start crossing the rivers. They're digging out a path. They're cutting out a way in order for we to, to for us to follow. You know why Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the author of our faith. He is the pioneer of our faith because he is where your faith starts. And when when he starts cutting out a path for you to walk in, walk in that path path as he gives you faith and understanding of what needs to be done walk in the path the pioneer has cut for you walk in the faith God has cut for you he's pioneered where you need to go he's already been there he's already walked that path he's already been there he's cutting the way so he's making you may think you're taking a leap of faith but no you're just following the footsteps that God has already Oh, the Lord goes before me. Oh, you know what? He goes before you. He makes the crooked path straight. He makes a way with a seem to be no way. He does what needs to be done. That's my kind of God, and he's pioneering my face. He cuts the path. He, 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 he does what needs to be done. Oh, you know what? The, the word that we read in, in that is translated in the Greek of in the in, in Hebrews chapter two, verse number ten. Hebrews chapter two, verse number ten says, For it become him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things. In bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through what? Suffering. Jesus is our captain. The captain of our salvation. He is the leader. He is the one in which we follow he is the one that is the pioneer of our faith. He is the one who started. He is the original that brings salvation to the world. He is the one who cuts the trail. He is the one we are to follow. He is the author of our faith. And we need to keep our eyes upon the one that is making the path for us to walk. He's cutting that path. If you was to be walking down a path and you could and you could go, you always stay on the trail. Brother, stay on the trail. I remember me and my, my boys, we went hiking up in the pinnacles years ago and and we were we were going, and we were with uh, one of our friends uh, from church at the at the time. His, his name is Aaron Pentland. We were all together, and all we were hiking, and all of a sudden, Aaron, he got a wild, you know, idea. Oh, look at that! This is a unmarked trail, and they got it blocked off with rocks. Wonder why? Dun dun dun. So here we go. We get on that trail. Oh, yeah, here comes a trail. Here comes a trail. It's all looking good, and all of a sudden, the trail stops. Well, you know, then my, my buddy Aaron, you know, he's like, well, I think where we need to be is over there. You know, instead of going and trying to find another trail or going back the same trail we came, you know, we decided that we was going to just, you know, he decided. We was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, all right. So here we go, and we were going down. That, we were going up this hill. We go down, and we look around. And say, well, we should have been here by now. I wonder where. I just, this don't look like it's right. You know, there's a mountain on that side. There's a mountain on this. Here we're down. You know, we can either go up, we either can go down, or we can either go down the creek or down here, and all that stuff. And we were off trail. Oh man, it's dangerous when you get off trail. You know what? Everything looks the same. You can't focus on anything. You don't really know what's going on. All you see is 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 a, is a, is, a, is, is wood. And and all you see is a no way out, and all you see is just a little a dirty muddy creek, and all you know is that you're thirsty. Mm. 
And I, we got down there and we took a drink of that old muddy water. That was nasty stuff. I'm surprised I didn't make it. Didn't have to go to the hospital after that. They pulled down, you know, bring a helicopter to get me. And I drank that. And, and they said, we've got to follow the creek. We've got to get out of here. My point I'm trying to make today, it's dangerous when you get your eye off the trail maker. It's dangerous when you get your eyes off of the beaten path. The Lord has a way. The Lord has a way. And there is another way. There is a way that looketh right, that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death. Yeah, it looked right, and like we were going to the right place, and everything was all right. Oh, but we messed up when we got off of the beaten path and the cut path. And I promise you, if you're ever going to do something for God, you're going to have to stay on the path the Lord has carved out for you. Ain't that right? Stay on the path that God carved out for you. You know, if you, I've done a lot of hiking. You know, if you go to an unfamiliar place, stay on the trail. Look at the signs. Look at the markings. Stay in the path because the pioneer has already walked through there. And there's always going, already going to be a destination. And there's already things that's been set. As long as you stay on the path, I promise you, you're going to get to where you're going. As long as you stay on the path and our church stays on the path, we're going to reach our destination. But if we ever lose focus of the one who's cutting the path, we will go astray. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Yes, he's the author of our faith. Writer also speaks of that of Jesus being the perfecter of our faith or the finisher of our faith. He starts it and he finishes. Aren't you glad God finishes what he starts? <laughs> How many have not finished what you started? I saw a sign on an old building. I was scrolling through Facebook because this is a random picture. It said, and somebody wrote on the old barn, says, I don't finish, finish anything. I start. And it was a barn that wasn't finished. You know, it just wasn't painted or whatever. You know, it said, I don't start anything. I don't finish anything. I start. And somebody just blasted him out there on the side of that barn, you know. You know, some people don't ever finish anything they start, you know. And, you know, sometimes, you know, that happens. You know, I, 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 I promise, I, I try not to be that way. Sometimes, you know, you see a lot of, in our church, there's a lot of unfinished stuff, you know, that's start, been started, wasn't finished, and we're trying to finish some stuff up. And I don't want to start something and not finish it. I'd rather, I'd rather work here all night and try to figure out how to get it done before we leave, uh, whether we have to be here till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning but instead of leaving and not finishing what we started. Because, uh, you know, sometimes you say, well, why don't you start it? I say, I don't want to start until I know we can finish it, until I know we're ready to finish it. I want to get it done. I want to have it, have it, have it finished and have it ready. I want to have it ready to go. But you know what? God, He doesn't just start something, but He finishes it. He, he is the perfecter of it. He he finishes. He is the author of our faith, the finisher of our faith. The Lord, he both is the original uh, uh, person who is uh, to is able to 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 give you the origin of what to, uh, of what your faith needs to be. But not only that, he finishes it. He completes it. He gets you to where it needs to be. He's the gas in the gas tank. He's the strength to get you through the storm. He's the way to get you to through the through the trial. He's the way, the strength to give you up up the mountain and up through the valley and all the storm and all the weeds and all the briars and everything that comes in your way. I tell you what, if he brought you to the trial through the through the trial and through the storm, if he brought you through the trail, I tell you, he's gonna get you all the way to the top and all the way to the end of your journey. If he's ever put us on a path to do something for God in our church and in our community, I promise you, if we keep our eyes on the Lord, we can go from failure to focus. Failure to focus. What has he started in you? What has he started in your life? And I promise if you, could, if you could think of all the things the Lord started in your life. Oh, I promise you he's going to finish it. If we could look back at our lives of all the times and all the, the ways we know God was cutting the path. We know that God was making a way at every step of the way he was leading. Have you ever walked for, with God and you didn't know exactly where you were going, but every step got cut out? Oh, oh I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a weed right now. I'm at a briar thicket. How am I going to get through that? You know what? You know, my, my name's not Roger Rabbit. You know, no rabbits they like. They like the weeds, you know. 
They like the brars. They like to get in there. And you know what? Sometimes you can stir up a, a brars nest and, and, you can, and the rabbits come out, you know. Because they like hiding in there. They like getting in there because it's safe. You know what? You know, sometimes you reach those brar thickets. And have anybody ever been in a brar thicket? Nobody likes brar thickets, right? Has anybody ever picked blackberries? I've, I've done it a time or two. Has anybody ever been stung by a bee or a wasper while, while picking blackberries? Oh, it's great. Not really. I was saying it sarcastically. I'm supposed to laugh. My mom got eat up by one of those. She was picking up black picking blackberries. Dave was there, I think. I don't know. But all of a sudden she started screaming, Oh and she come out of there, out of that bar thicket as fast as she could because of the, the bees were getting there and the things. You know what? There's a lot of fear that comes in the brars. There's a lot of fear that comes in your life. And there's brars that you're gonna face along the journey, and you come across the, the, the brar patch, and the bees start coming out and they start attacking you, and all the things go. Keep your eyes on the pioneer, keep your eyes on the one who can cut through, keep your eyes on the one because I know he's brought me here and he's gonna get me there. I know he's brought me to this uh, this trouble and this, this situation that's full of danger. He's going to get me to where I need to go. No matter what. They may be bees. They may be brars. They may be struggles in your life. But I promise you he's going to get you to it. As the saying goes, if he brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. No matter what you're facing in your life, God has a plan and he's going to perform it. Everything he promised. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Mm. He's going to lead us home. Every step. If we look at our text, we can see and notice that we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because there is a situation. There is struggles and there are trials and there are things that's going to try to keep our focus or steal our focus, right? There is a source of spiritual defeat. If we ever understand this, I promise you, this will help you in your walk with God. If you ever understand the source of defeat, you would never fall. You would not give in to the devil. You would not walk away from God. There's a source that would cause you to, defeat, to, to, to end up in spiritual defeat. Have you ever felt defeated spiritually? Have you ever woke up and you felt defeated? You ever showed up at a church and you felt beat up? I've lost a battle, you know. I'm just making it by the skin of my teeth. Pastor, pray for me. I think I'm going to die. Pastor, pray for me. I'm almost backslid. I think I'm, uh, I'm struggling so much. Oh, you know what? All of these things happen in your life and all kinds of struggle. Oh, but you know what? What the Bible tells us that we need to lay aside some things that's going to hinder us. We need to lay aside some things on this path. Yes, He's the author. And yes, He's, he's the finisher. But along this path, there are some things that's going to get you focus off of the author there's some things that's going to get you focus uh, off of uh, the things uh, that's going to get uh, the very thing that's going to get you through it says lay aside every weight and the sin doeth so easily beset us easy some things are so easy some people are so easy oh, you ever seen somebody and you, and you give them a hard time and you're so easy Sister, you're so easy. I got you going. <laughs> you know, now you're like, oh, what, really? No, I'm just joking. And you're like, you're so easy. Sometimes you're like, yeah, yeah, I ran out of gas down the interstate and four, and, and four homeless men picked me up and carried me all the way to Bucky's. And I tell you what, they bought me this beautiful gas can for $575 and, and I filled it full of two uh, of gas. You know, everything at Bucky's is bigger, you know. <laughs> you know, you know whatever you know may say, you know, and, and, and you tell this big wild story to somebody and they say, really? Seriously? Did that, that wow. That happened? And you're, and you're like, no. 
I'm just joking. You're so easy. I just love picking at you. Sometimes you pick at people and you just, they're just so easy. Ain't that right, brother? You know, they're just so easy just to just play around with. Or you say something and you're like, oh, I can't believe this. I'm, Hold on, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding around, you know. you know? You're so easy to, 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 to joke around with. You know, some people just walk with God. They're, they're, they're like that with the devil. They're so easy. There's so many things that just easily gets them distracted. Squirrel. Remember the, the surgeon will always do that. Whoa, what's that? That's a light. Hey, back, I'm down here. Stay focused. We're talking. Y'all ready? Y'all stay focused. I know y'all, y'all are going to sleep on me. I've already been 20 minutes in. I, and y'all are 30 minutes in, whatever how long. I, I've lost track of the timer. But I don't have a timer, but anyways. You all probably wish I did, right? But stay focused. Sometimes you get halfway through the message and you lose focus. Has anybody ever been a wandering mind, you know? And you start thinking about this, start thinking about that. You can always, preacher can tell when, when your mind, when you're here in body, but you're absent in mind. You know, you're here and you're like. And you're just looking around, you're scrolling on your phone. You're looking at the chandeliers. Hmm, that's pretty. Huh, I've never noticed that before. Hmm. The preacher's preaching his guts out, spit flying, sweat drops dropping like great drops of blood. And no, I'm just joking about that. But you know what? All of this happening, you're saying, hmm, that's weird. That's all that that those Ten Commandments ain't equal. You think they would put them different, right? And you're just looking at all these different things. And you start looking at this and you start doing that. You're losing focus, right? You're losing all of those things. Some things are so easy. Some people are so easy. You know, it doesn't take much to get them to miss church. It doesn't take much to get them to quit praying. It doesn't take much to get them to quit reading their Bible. You know what? Some people want to start the bread program. Some people say, I'm going to read my Bible through this year. Has anybody said that? I'm going to read my Bible through this year. Has anybody? If you ain't, I promise you, you need to. Every year, start reading your Bible through from beginning to end. Has anybody ever started that and didn't finish it? I got two answers. I got answers that says, I've never, I've never read the Bible through. I've never, uh, uh, or I've never, uh, you know what I mean. I lost focus halfway through that. They never, they've never read it through and they've never started it and never finished it. So that means that they've never really read, never read it through and they never even started reading the Bible. So, you know, that's pretty bad confession. <laughs> you know, rethink that answer before you confess that in front of the whole church. All right. God bless you all. <laughs> but anyway, so here, so many people, they, they start something and they don't finish it because they lose focus. They are hindered. They, they allow things to come in their lives. And you know what? There's some things that possibly will hinder you. There are some things in their church that will possibly hinder you from being able to, to run and do the things effectively. We need to remember the possibilities of the things of the hindrances in our lives. What is keeping you from reading the Bible? If you didn't raise your Bible, your hand that you started reading the Bible and you, and you never finished it or, or you, you know, or, or whatever, if you didn't write your hand, what, what kept you from doing it? Why didn't you do it? Well, what, why didn't you want to do it? Why didn't you want to read the Bible? Why didn't, you, why didn't you read the Bible through? Why didn't you do that, you know? What was the thing that hindered you what was the thing that hurt you as a runner? What was the thing that hurt you from doing the things you wanted to do? Sometimes people, they want to run for the Lord, but they don't do it very successfully because there are some things and some hindrances and some dangers that will cause you to be defeat. Oh, but we as the church, we need to be a victorious runners. We as the church, we need to lay aside those weights. We as the church, we need to run. You know what? If you was to see a runner, you know what? He's not going to have a big winter jacket. He's not going to have all these weights on him. He's not going to have all this stuff. Uh, but he takes them off. He does that in training. But when he when he gets ready to go to the race, what does he do? Y'all still with me? Y'all didn't get distracted, are you? Do I need to I turn my time around backwards to get you focused again? 
you know, I, I take out like uh, one preacher t- took his towel off, tied it around his head, and finished his message like that because he was he wanted to be a ninja or something. I don't know, but it got people's attention. You know, they they listened, right? But you know what? Um, you know, if you see that runner, what and he and he's got all of his weights on, and he's he's got his wrist weights, his ankle weights, he's got weights on him. You know, that's holding him. What does he do before he goes to the race? Anybody else? Anybody else got a comment? He takes the weights off, right? I like it. We want to be participators here. <laughs> right? Everybody's just looking at me with like a deer with a headlight on. I said, do you want me to say it again? <laughs> Sometimes the preacher's like, well, why did you keep going on? So why are you preaching so long? I was like, because I don't know if, you, if, you're, if you're hearing what I'm saying. Like I always say, I said, if you was to put pastoring in one word, it would be repeat. And after you got done repeating, you'd repeat again. And then you repeat again. And then you say, then people come to you and say, I didn't know. Well, I told you. I said it four or five times. And I've repeated and I've repeated and you still don't know. But anyways, enough of that. Let's move on. Sometimes, you know, you take off the weights those hindrances, those things that slow you down, those things that keep you from doing what you need to do, the things that will keep you from being enabled to be a victorious runner, you got to take it off. Take off that. Those hindrances that handicap you, that, 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 that are on you to keep you from doing what needs to be done. It's like handcuffs. It's handcuffing you down, keeping you from doing the things that, that you need to do. Why don't you? You do the things you need to do. Why do you slack? Why don't you uh, be faithful? Why don't you do the things you used to do? Why don't you be what God wants you to be? What is the thing that's hindering you? And you find that thing. You search for that thing. And you remove it out of your life. You've got to be saved. Don't lose focus. What is that thing that's keeping you from doing that? It's handicapping you. Oh, lay it aside. Oh, there ain't no, there ain't no travel, no, no, no traveling garments going to hinder you. There ain't no thing going to keep you down. You're going to have to lay it down. You're going to have to run with patience. You're going to have to get on the trail. You're going to have to keep your eyes on the one that's going to keep you faithful and keep you into the hands of God. So often people have things in their lives that, that causes you to, to follow and be hindered and follow after the the devil and to be hindered in your walk with God. There's things that can hinder you and trip you up from running. The worst thing you want when you're running is something to trip you. Sometimes people's got things in your life. They get tripped up. Sometimes people get tripped up. They, They trip up on doctrine. They trip up on the things of God. They trip up on holiness. They trip up on baptism. And they trip up on, on, on the Holy Ghost. They, they all times things get in your way. If you ever want to run successfully, get your eyes on Jesus and the Word of God and get your eyes off the things that's hanging you up and the things that's hindering you. If you want to get from that failure and to have, to have focus, you're going to have to get rid of that. If you're running and that keeps getting in your way, you need to get rid of it. One scripture said, Jesus said these words, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. It's better for you to go to heaven maimed than to go to heaven or go to hell with all of your members. But I promise you, if things are keeping you from running from God, running for God and doing the things God wants you to do, get rid of it. If it's television, Take it out, shoot it with a shotgun. If it's a cell phone, go get go to the Verizon and get you a flip phone. Turn off the internet. Get rid of all that temptation, that lust. If you keep looking at dirty pictures and videos and watching things you shouldn't do, get rid of it. Don't let that hinder you. Don't let that slow you down. Don't let that trip you up. I tell you what, because if you look at a woman to lust after her, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. How many adulterers are here in the house today? How many 
have fell to the trap of lust and fornication. So many men and women have ended up falling into the trap of fornication. You can't turn on your phone. You can't watch, look at Instagram. And you can't, sure can't get on TikTok without looking at a woman and looking at a man that's not dressed appropriately and you have lust in your eyes. You know what that is? That's a weight and that's a hindrance and that's what's going to keep you from running. You need to go from that failure to where you look at that woman lust and to where you're focused on God. I'm not going to be distracted by that anymore. I'm not going to be distracted by that anymore. I'm going from that failure. Yeah. I watched something I shouldn't have done. I've done things I shouldn't have done. I've seen things I shouldn't have saw. I participated in things I shouldn't have done. But yeah, that failure is a thing in the past. Now I'm going to be focused on the thing that God wants me to do. Don't let the failure keep you from being focused. Right? Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Running well, running well. Run the race with patience. Run the race well without any hindrances, without any handicaps, without any struggles. So often people have doubts in their mind, doubts about their salvation and doubts that they're going to be defeated and doubts. Oh, so many mysteries are in your life and sometimes we let the mysteries of things we don't understand hinder us about the things that we need to do for God. I don't really understand. I don't know. And those those. Those hindrances and those doubts and those things in your life can keep you from doing what God wants you to do. Have you ever had a vision brought out before by the pastor or maybe God spoke to your heart and you're saying, I just don't know. He says we can do it, but I just don't know if we can do it. He says we can go here and do that. He says we can raise money for children's ministry and I don't see how that's going to happen. You know? You know, I got to... I got to do this, that, and the other. You know, I got to, you know, I'm making this, this plan and this, this thing, and I can't do it. I just don't see it. So often, we let those doubts and the mysteries about the things that happen. Sometimes it's a mystery when you talk about forgiveness. It's a mystery when we talk about the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't understand it. Oh, but I know when someone is filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they speak in tongues as the, as the Spirit gives others. I don't know and I can't teach you how to do it, but what I do know is when the Holy Ghost comes down and they start speaking in the heavenly language as the Spirit enables them to do so. I'll tell you what, no man can understand it and you can't let the mystery or the doubt oh behold I show you a mystery oh we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling oh, all of those mysteries great is the mystery of godliness for God was manifested in the flesh oh I tell you what there's so many mysteries in the in the Bible I preached a message about mystery un- unveiling the mystery uh, here, uh, I don't know how long ago it's been, but I preached the message about unveiling mystery. How many remembers that? I remember that. So many ministries, and sometimes those uh, those things you don't understand can keep you. Those things uh, can cause you to be defeated. Those things that you are uncertain about, they can cause you um, to, to be in defeat. To be in defeated, unbelief can cause you to stumble and fall. So many have missed what God has uh, has for them because of their unbelief, their fear of taking God at His word. Take him at his word. If he says it, take it to the bank. If he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. If he said it, I believe it. His word cannot lie. If it's written in the Bible, I believe it till I die. Though the mountains be removed and cast into the sea, God's word will stand forever throughout eternity. It's an old song we used to sing all the time. It's almost like every service, but it was good. You know what? Because we need to understand if he said it, he's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to take place. Sometimes people don't trust God when things are uncertain because they they, they have unbelief. Oh, there's times it causes us to stumble. Oh, many people have missed uh, the will of God because they don't trust God. 
If you know God has called you to do something, brothers and sisters, trust Him. It may not seem like He's going to make a way, but trust Him. Don't be robbed of an untold blessing because of unbelief. You may, don't, you, you may not even know what's going to happen in the future, sister, brother. All the blessings God's going to give you. But don't miss out on the blessings God's going to do here at the anchor because of your lack of faith and trusting in God. Take it off. Take off the pride. Take off the, the fear. Lastly, as I'm coming to a close, bitterness. Bitterness is a hindrance. Bitterness is a way that we get we can get hung up on. Has anybody ever been hung up on bitterness? It's a trap that many of us fall in. Bitter. Bitter. I've ran into to people, so-called Christians that save a lot. Bitter. Good morning. Bitter. Morning. There ain't nothing good about it. They just always got the negative things to say. Always bitter. Many of us, we can, we can know that there's things in our lives. Maybe there's things that you face in your life that causes you to be bitter. And maybe you can go all the way back to high school in which someone had done something to you. And you have bitterness towards that individual. Maybe it's a job that you were on and... and you was wretched with all kinds of disappointments and hurts and it left you bitter. It left you uncomfortable. It left you bitter and having, having bitterness towards someone. Maybe it's someone from another church and maybe it's someone that used to be your pastor and you have bitterness towards them. And maybe it's somebody that you used to go to church with but they hurt you. Maybe it's somebody that, that, that is in your life and that has broke you and hurt you and left you bitter towards that person. Don't let bitterness cause you to lose focus. Don't fall in the trap of bitterness. Don't let it get you off track. Don't let it distract you. Don't let it provoke you. Don't let it keep you from doing what needs to be done. I tell you what, right now I'm standing in the the pulpit here today, this afternoon preaching to you the Word of God saying that you can go from the failure of bitterness to being focused. I used to be bitter about my uncle and my aunts and my, my cousins. I used to be bitter against all of those individuals. Oh, Bitter against those family members employers, acquaintances all kinds of bitterness comes into your life and sometimes people can even be bitter to God you ever people get bitter to God bitterness going this way is bad enough that you're bitter to the brother or sister across the aisle when they speak to you you're just like you know you put on a fake smile God bless you, brother. God bless you. I wish you would. Mm. Why'd he show up here? Why'd he even come here? God bless you. Oh. You put on that fake face and you're all happy and you're all smiling. Oh, but then you got bitterness to the person sitting beside you and you don't want to you don't want to be around that person. You don't want to be near that person because of bitterness. Uh, it's a family member, it's acquaintance, it's these, these individuals uh, that that keep you from doing the will of God. Don't let uh, that bitterness. It's bad enough going this way, but going this way is even worse. Bitterness to God. Why don't you pray like you used to? You got bitterness to God. I've talked to individuals and finally you would come to the source of their bitterness. And they would tell you, my son was seven years old and he got hit by a car and died. If God loved me, why did he let that happen? My mom died way too young, they say. 
I'm bitter to God. If God cared, he would not let this happen to me. Maybe you're bitter to God because of of broken relationships and things that's happened in your past. Things you've had to go through. They blame God for something that happened years and years and years ago. When things that happened was ones you love. The ones you love the most is the ones that will hurt you the most. Drop that into your pocket as a little gold nugget. The ones that you love the most is the ones that will hurt you the most. Has anybody ever experienced that other than me? When you're when the ones you've really put your effort in and you've helped them and you've showed up to them and they disregard you and they look down on you or they mistreat you or they talk down to you. The ones you love the most is the ones that hurt you the most. And people get bitterness to God because of that. Why would you let this happen to me? Why do I have to go through this, brother? Your family members pass away. Your things happen in your life. Ultimately, God becomes the one that gets the blame. These things come into our lives will hinder us. It will keep us from doing the things that God wants us to do. But in order for us to run, we're going to have to lay aside all these things. The things that entangle us. The things that cling to us. The things that are placed around us. The things that are even things we put in our own life. Lay those things. The weights, the sins, those things that are weights. And I wish I had time to preach. I'm almost got ready to preach about sin. But I'm preaching about the weights and sins. Closing today. He talks about sin. Lay aside the weight and sin. Sin. Although it's surrounding us and is ever present. One scripture says, Where sin doeth abound, grace doeth much more abound. We, without a shadow of a doubt, know and understand sin is around us. It tries to cling on us. It tries to attack us. It tries to present us a way to follow it instead of following the pioneer of our faith. Yes, sin will. Sin, as they often say, will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. Sin. Sin. The failures that accompany sin will destroy you. But right here is the moment you could turn that failure to focused. I used to be a failure, but now I'm focused. I used to bow down to every sin that comes in my life, but now I'm focused. I used to be like a raging wild beast Circling around uh, all of the sins and things in our lives. I used to be wild on the inside and let the things come. Has anybody ever felt like before God you had a beast in you? You just done all kinds of crazy stuff? You know? Ah! My mom used to, it was all, and, and people come to the house, they'd go, party! And they would have all kinds of crazy stuff. It's like, what they, we didn't know who it was that was talking. Didn't sound like mom, but it was sin. Sometimes sin is trying to devour us as well. Thousands of problems comes into our lives because of sin. 
the traps of sin. But we can overcome the sin of drugs and alcohol, the sin of lust, the sin of a temper. Has anybody ever thrown a temper tantrum? And sometimes adults throw temper tantrum too, right? You know, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you do that when you're at home or you're with your wife. These things will cause us to lose focus. Let's all stand. Sin, many times, varies from person to person. What bothers me in my problem, my struggle, may not be yours. I may not struggle with a high temper, but you might. You might be getting ready to punch me out right now because I went in overtime. You know, you may not, you know, I may not struggle with temptations with alcohol, but you might. Sin is present, it's something we're going to have to lay aside. It's so easy to get entangled back again into the sin. We are going to have to keep our focus on the Lord, our eyes on God. And remember that God is the one that says, Hey, lay it aside. I need you for the race. I need you to race. I need you to run. I need you to do what I have called you to do. I need you to be the church that I have called you to be. And you can go from failure to focused. From failure to focused. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done here today. God, I pray, Lord, on every one of the sound of my voice, God, that you would move, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you would take us from that place of failure into that place of focus. Yes, I know I'm not perfect, and I still make mistakes, but I've laid aside the hindrances. I'm going forward. Yes, I may still fall, but I'm not a failure because I'm focused. I'm not going to give up because I'm focused. I may be weak, uh, but I'm focused. I may be struggling, Lord, but I'm focused. I may be, I may be trying to press my way through, but God, I'm still focused from all the problems. I'm still focused on you. Through all of my doubt and unbelief, God, I'm still focused. Through all of the struggles our church has, Lord, allow us, God, to remain focused. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's all find us a place to pray. In Jesus' name.